Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast. A Doctor Who review podcast here on NOTLG.com. Episode 122, Spearhead from Space, the first John Pertwee serial. My name is John, and joining me as he does, well, all of the time, is my good friend Taylor. Taylor, hello. Hello. How's it going? Uh, It's going quite well. Um, Yeah. I have been up since 5 in the morning because I flew back in from... LA way. Yeah. Something I will soon not have to do. I know. We need to get a we meal do. or something before you skip town. I know. We do. We definitely do. Whether you come out here and I, I treat you to some Livermore fair or we go get, you know, here's fried the, or Here's whatever. the thing. I'll tell you right now and I'll tell, huh. the, I'll tell the people my schedule. I am, let's <laughs> see, I'm in LA this weekend, next weekend. Um, I'm here that following weekend. I'm in L.A. that next weekend. Good God. I'm home the 18th, 19th, and 20th. Uh, and then I'm gone that next week, and then I'm gone forever that other week. Jeez. So so it would almost be better to do, like, work lunch. Probably, but I, okay. that 18th, 19th, and 20th, depending on... Um, how much of my stuff I've gotten rid of by then? I I might just be free and clear. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So fair. We'll see what's going on then. We will see. Uh, how have you been, sir? Um, pretty good. Pretty good. I was up fifteen minutes before you were. Oh. Um, <laughs> but it, it turned out that we had a couple of not feeling so well kids. So even oh, though it was no. a work from home day for me, I totally had the kids here all day. Oh, I've left I've left the house long enough to put the trash bins out at the curb. And that's been it. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Wow. Is everyone in my house? Don't get me wrong, but it's a little rough. Um, But other than that, life's good. Things are going well. Work's going well. Good. Cars running, you know, that kind of stuff. That is always a good thing. Prepping notes for the next if memory serves. Yes, uh, very excited for that. I just finished up a little little behind on my podcast listening. Just finished up the uh, the latest episode. Very cool. Yeah. Everybody should go check it out. It was a lot of fun and oh, um, yeah. a, a little um, therapeutic, I may say. Very much so. Yeah, very much so. And our next one might be a double episode. Ooh, going because we are planning to talk about video games from. Pong through Super Nintendo. Oh man, that is gonna be awesome. And I, I told Seb, I said, look, we're 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 gonna just we're, let's record the whole thing. If it winds up being just a massive, massive episode, I'm like, I'm gonna split it into two, and then I'll release one at the beginning of the month and one in the middle of the month. Ooh, yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah, sounds like a plan. Yep. So we'll see how that goes. Well, good. I am. I'm interested to hear that. I always like listening to your guys' episodes. They're really neat, and everyone should go listen to them. Yes, please. At notlg.com. So, Taylor, uh, we've got some Who news. We do. We've got some very good Who news to start off here. and um, We did. It says we, but let's just give credit where credit is due. Taylor got me, uh, my girlfriend Lauren, and himself Gallifrey 1 tickets. 
Uh, we are very excited to be making our return. I think this is my ninth Gallifrey. Yeah, this will be my third. Uh, I am. I'm very excited. Thank you for um, for sitting by and getting us tickets. Oh no problem. Yeah, <laughs> we were we were out um, paintballing. I guess I should have mentioned that. I went paintballing on Saturday. Neat. Yeah, it was it was interesting. I mean, I'll do it again, but my legs really hurt from. It was like outside. It was strange. Um, and I got hit in the hand. But anyway, while I, while I was getting hit in the hand, Taylor was uh, getting us some Gallifrey One tickets. And Taylor, I don't know if you've seen the posts that uh, Gallifrey One has been posting, but they are um, they're boasting some big ideas and some big plans for the 30th. I know. And I sincerely, I mean, my dream, my dream, you want to know my dreams? Here's my Please. dreams. Um, they get Tom Baker. Oh God! And they get Peter Capaldi. Oh, I think that's that would be really yeah, it. Yeah, you wouldn't need to get. I mean, obviously, I think that's it. I think that's great. Or get me, mm-hmm. get me two moderns. If you can get Christopher Eccleston to do a Doctor Who convention, right? You will be the greatest convention of all time. Yeah, not that you aren't already Gallifrey one. Um, you have a note here that says um. The guy oh, yeah. at Starbucks. I saw the picture, but if you have more input on this story. Well, yeah, it, it was one of those things where, um, oh, gosh, Nicole Maza, who does the Terminus podcast. Yes. Uh, friends on Facebook. And she had uh, posted like a screen cap of this from Instagram where the guy who's in the background. OK, so l- let's set this up, actually. Um, so there is a picture of um david Tennant in line at starbucks kind of making kind of a cheeky face because there's a dude leaning back against the wall wearing a doctor who shirt uh headphones around his neck doing something on his phone yeah and 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 it's his wife georgia taking the picture um basically being like haha look doctor who fan and here i am and he's not noticing um that kind of thing and um but in the instagram comments um, you know, somebody either tags the dude or the dude sees it and he's like, oh my God, you know, I didn't realize that all I saw was this, you know, regular looking couple and they were kind of like, you know, being all smoochy on each other. Yeah. And I was back here busy <laughs> getting Gallifrey one tickets. Yes. And so, I was like, oh my God. Please welcome our first con- confirmed guest, the guy who appeared in David Tennant's Instagram picture. Exactly. Yeah. So I, when I saw that, um, uh, when I saw her tweet kind of filter up through my feed, um, I responded, I was like, I hope you both end up at Gallifrey one next year with this guy because a photo op needs to happen and this needs to be recreated. And it needs to be David Tennant looking at his phone in the Starbucks line. Perfect. Very, uh, small world. Galley, everybody wants to go. Yeah, exactly. Officially sold out today. Yeah, it took a while. Took a little while, but yeah. I mean, I think with the new system, the Eventbrite really just helps everything out. I think they they did. You know, it took them a little while to get a good ticket program, and they went with a very good one. So yeah, totally. A lot more like, organized. I, I've always heard stories, but all that stuff, you know, was was done and over with before I 
actually made it to Gallifrey One, so I've only known the Eventbrite system. And I don't know if it was if it was more like it was so hard to get tickets, or if it was just because the system they used made it so people like the site would crash, and then there was like a no oh man, there was one year where I think they had to email everyone individually, and then you with a link. And then you had to go to the eh, man. It was a mess, but they've done a great job moving forward after that debacle. I think that was oh the, totally. I think that was the last straw. Were you? I don't think you were around. Were you around that year with the email? Um, no. That that was that was a year. That was a year where it was all like stuff, like it, the whole trying to arrange it happened way too late. Yes. Yeah. And so it just fell through. Oh man. Oh man. That was yeah. That was a disastrous year. Let us move on here. An original script for an unearthly child is going up on auction. Now, I think, isn't this Hartnell's script? Yeah, it's got his handwriting in it. Um, it's It's got his notes. So it's it's his script. Yeah, and if I remember right, it came out of... Um, the his old house the the uh, the current owner um uh yeah the guy who's selling it here it is sorry the guy who discovered it uh his uh, grandfather is refurbishing the home uh that hartnell lived in uh during the time that he was working on the series wow um, yeah and just um, happened so across it, this right it's so weird because like where would this be I don't know. Probably, like, I assume in the attic, right? It's not, like, hidden in a wall or something. For, yeah, no, this wouldn't be in a wall. That's crazy. Um, he just hid it just in case. Yeah, who knows? Um, but it goes, um, we'll have a link to it in the show notes. You could get a little Got small a little picture. video, right? Yeah, um, so it, go, it goes up for auction Thursday, May 3rd, and it's expected to raise between about five and 7,000 pounds. May 3rd, uh, day before my birthday, listeners, if you want to know. <laughs> Get me that script. No. Yeah, right? Because that is that is that's true. Day before your birthday, man. It is, indeed, uh, which is also apparently Star Wars Day. Uh, yes. Uh, Doctor Who magazine number 524 has Gallifrey One coverage, speaking of Gallifrey One. Right? That is very cool. It is. I think it might... Well, I shouldn't say this because I don't. I don't really get Doctor Who magazine uh, anymore. Haven't since the '80s, early '90s. <laughs> um, um, but um, this seems to be one of if the first times, if not the first time, that there has been an article about Gallifrey One. Oh, well, that's there really may cool. have been there may have been mentions. Surely, yeah. I, w- I would think with as big as Galley is, um, but this is the first one where they've got a good proper multi-page article. Well, that's great. When did do, yeah. When does that uh, has it already come out? It's come out in the UK. Uh, it came out maybe a week or ten days ago, okay. um, and it generally takes about a month. Um, with for the comic shops that I've talked to, it's about a month behind. Oh, uh, so give it about another two weeks or so, and you'll be able to find it. Uh, in comic book shops over here. Although if you are interested in getting a copy, I would suggest contacting your local comic book shop and saying, Hey, I really want a copy of this because they don't often order in more than the ones that are kind of like already spoken for. Right. Um, So if you want one, find your local comic book shop, call and ask them to order it in. There you go. There 
you go. You know what to do, people. Yep. I actually have um, some new, I guess, breaking news, but we won't get to that until the end. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Lord Stephen Moffat found a way to work uh, Peter Cushing's movies into canon. Yeah. I did this. See is kind of neat. Yeah. Very interesting. Because um, I, I really... I want us to review these Peter Cushing movies that sometimes I, I, I saw one of them. It just happened to come on like Turner classic movies or something. And I, I recorded it. So I didn't get the whole thing. Um, but it's so campy. Yeah. It's yeah. It's, it's, it's very different than what we're used to. But, um, so obviously, um, Moffat wrote the target novelization of the 50th anniversary special, right? Russell D. Davies yes. wrote the, the the target novelization of Rose. Paul Cornell did the Twice Upon a Time, um, and I think there were there were there was at least one other. I think Jenny Colgan did one, and I can't I don't remember which one it is for the life of me right now. Um, but in the novelization of the Day of the Doctor, there's this little um, just this little mention. Uh, that uh, helps put these two Peter Cushing movies into canon um, where um, uh, literally uh, the doctor had struck up a friendship with Peter Cushing and like gave his blessing to uh, make these Doctor Who movies. So he's not an actual numbered doctor. Right. But it, it does tie those movies into um interesting yeah yeah it's 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 all stuff that's kind of in the black archive and uh uh pointing out some posters and uh, uh kate stewart reveals the movies were made with the doctor's consent uh because he was good friends with cushing and i, I think that was pretty hilarious <laughs> that's amazing yeah that's good stuff there uh RTD also has some extra doctors in his first episode. He does, man. This is this is neat. This is one of those things where I, I love what you're able to do with a novelization. Um, because in his novelization of Rose, uh, which which we'll be reviewing next time. Spoilers. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> um do, do you remember? In that episode where Rose goes to see this 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 nutter, this conspiracy theorist yes. guy. Well, um, I think his name's Clive, if I remember right. And so he's got all these old pictures of the Doctor in different places. Well, in the book, there's um, photos that include Doctors we haven't met yet. Oh. Yes. And so so here's, here's, here's a little bit... Um, Rose saw a photo of a man with a fantastic jaw, dressed in a tweed jacket and bow tie. Then Clive kept the sequence going. An older, angry man in a brown caretaker's coat, holding a mop. A blonde woman in braces, running away from a giant frog in front of Buckingham Palace. I really hope oh, we see that, that episode better next happen. season. That better happen. That better happen, right? You listening, Chibnall? Um, a tall, bald black woman wielding a flaming sword. Ooh. Uh, a young girl or boy in a high-tech wheelchair with what looked like a robot dog at their side. <laughs> and I'm like, that's magnificent. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. That is good stuff right there. I, I can't wait for the tall, bald, black female doctor. I need that sword. Right? I hope, <laughs> honestly, I hope the sword is just from an adventure. I don't know if I could uh, deal with the doctor wielding a flaming sword all mm -hmm. the time. That. That just seems like an easy fix to any problem. Right. 
Maybe it's sonic and flaming. Oh, maybe. Who knows? That's ver- That would be very interesting. Well, I mean, maybe one day we will find out. Fingers crossed. Taylor, I'm going to let you take this last, this next one because I feel like I know how to say this name, but you're just going to say it anyway. All right. Sounds good. Well, courtesy of friend of the show, Paul Cornell, and, and his uh, uh, sending out this information in his uh, weekly email blast, Klaus Joinson. Yep, that's how I was going to say it has released an all-Doctor Who-themed album. We will have a link to it in the show notes. You can listen to clips of it. Um, it's it's neat because there is a basically a song for each Doctor, but it is done in the style of music that was popular at the time of that Doctor. Oh, that's very interesting. Yes, um, which is also exciting because there is... A song in there that basically is for like the new adventure novels oh. um and 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 that's the whole reason it came up is because paul cornell was like hey he actually referenced one of the books that i wrote uh in that song so that's everybody check it cool. out it actually came out at the beginning of december last year oh so it's it's um it's yeah it's out and it's been out for a few months yeah and but this is this was the first i had heard of it now do we know if it's on spotify maybe um i haven't looked that would be really cool if it was. Uh, the amazing thing is that the the link that we'll have in the show notes t- will take you to uh, purchase if you want an actual physical CD. Oh, they still make those. They, really? <laughs> they do. <laughs> I, for one, am shocked. If I could um, actually locate my phone, I would uh, look it up, but I can't. So, Well, that's just crazy because I've got a feeling that if I try to flip it open here real quick and take a look, I'll have to make sure to mute the tab real quick or else we'll we'll have a little bit of entertainment. Um, Let's take a look. Follow me, won't you folks, into the world of Spotify. (laughs) It's a fun world. Join Sun. Nothing. No results. Not a nothing. Well, that is disappointing. That is. But the nice thing is you can listen to a minute of each song. At the link in the show notes. Well, good. I will uh, definitely check that out, and we should all check that out together. Um, For sure. Now, I haven't seen this picture, but I'm oh, very uh, interested to see it. Uh, I, I will make sure that there is a link to it. I was throwing this note in very last minute, um, um, but I will make sure that there is a link to it. Not as last minute as my note will be, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, at a recent signing of the new Target novelizations... Uh, the Moff RTD and mm-hmm. Michael Grade took quite the selfie. Now, um, fill you in tell. on some of this. Yeah, do tell. Okay, so um, there was recently a big signing with all the uh, authors who worked on these new Target novelizations at Forbidden Planet in London. Um, and while there, um, uh, Michael Grade, who was um, basically the BBC programming director in the mid eighties. Okay. Let's say Colin Baker era revelation of the Daleks era, 18 month hiatus era. Yes. Yes. Um, so he effectively put doctor who on that hiatus. Oh yes. And write the whole like, uh, 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 doctor in distress thing kind of stemming out of that. So there is a picture and I'm, and I, I know that they mean this all kind of in good humor. Um, And it's uh, Russell T. Davies taking the picture and it is him and Moffat 
looking at Michael Grade, and they are very cross. And Michael is looking very scared. <laughs> oh, and it no. is hilarious. Oh, that's great. It is really hilarious. <clears throat> oh, my goodness. That is very good. So uh, my last bit of, I guess it's not really breaking news. It came out, it seems seems to be yesterday. Okay. Um, Funko has announced new Doctor Who pops. They announced three of them. Oh, my. Are what ready? are we getting? We are getting um, the 13th Doctor. Excellent. Uh, Missy. Ooh, okay. And we're not sure what this is yet. The only description we get is, um, so I can't remember how big pops usually are, but they are not six inches. So we're getting a six-inch memori- in memoriam of Clara. Oh. So um, that could be the uh, memorial TARDIS. Oh, which yeah. I believe, oh, that'd be cool. And it's not rig. It's Rigsy. Rigsy. Yes. I was going to call him Rigsby, but that's not his name. <laughs> You've done that before. Yes, I have. I've done that many a time. So, um, yeah, that seems like a really cool set to get. No kidding. I hope they do a, um, like, I don't know, some court of, sort of con exclusive where they have the 13th Doctor reveal as one of them. I, think, I could I could see that happening at San I think Diego that would or something, be, don't you think? Yeah, I think that would be very cool. Speaking of San Diego Comic-Con, um, yeah. a couple of months away here, man, I feel like we're going to get some... We're going to get a trailer here soon. I can just... Oh, you know, I really hope so. Yeah. I really, really hope so. I, I, I mean, I think it's it's going to be a big opportunity for the BBC to kind of drum up some excitement. Oh, definitely. For the new season, even though it'll still be a few months out. Yeah. We at need that a point, trailer. I think New York Comic Con being uh, so much closer yes. to October is going to be huge. Oh, definitely. For definitely. But uh, come on. Roll that beautiful bean footage. What's that? <sighs> what is that? From? Nice. Bush's baked beans. There we go. Yeah, I need that. I need it in my life. I need, to, I need a trailer. I need to hear the new music. I need everything in my life. So you... You need the trailer. You don't need the beans, right? Yes, that's... Okay, okay. Oh, I just got confused I there. need no beans. No, don't mind me. No beans needed. No beans needed. Okay. All right. That might be our alternate title. <laughs> might as well be. <laughs> All right. So, main event time, Spearhead from Space, starring John Pertwee as the Doctor. Caroline John Hay, nice last name there, as Liz Shaw. <laughs> Nicholas Courtney as Brig, as The Brig. I was Dubrig. 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 Uh, Derek Smee aw, as Ransom. Mr. Smee. Which I thought was a strange name for a person. I don't know why. Ransom. Yeah, I know. Uh, eh. uh, written by Robert Holmes and directed by Derek Martinus. First aired January 3rd through the 24th of 1970. And it is the first story of season 10. And Taylor. Um, seven. Seven. Why did I say 10? I don't know why you said 10. That's funny. There's no one or zero anywhere near these notes. First story. It's there. It is. It's the one I looked back and then gotcha. I looked at the I, who knows. First story of season seven. And I almost said 10 again. Taylor. Oh God, I don't know what is happening. We have some story notes, though. I know that much. That's for sure. Well, this story uh, as much as I love the title for it, actually had the working title facsimile. All right. <laughs> I yeah. Can you imagine? Oh man, I'm so excited. Here's here's a new doctor. What's the episode called? Facsimile. 
That really? would probably be I man, off the top of my head, I feel like I can remember most of the uh first doctor adventures for each new doctor and I feel like facsimile would be the worst title of them all. I will agree with that, although I have to admit, Robot isn't the most exciting title either. <laughs> yeah, but it tells you what's happening. It, it, it at least gives you an expectation of what to see in it. Yeah, a robot, yeah. Ooh, and there they, better be one, They right? delivered. They very That's much for delivered sure. with Robot. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, this is the debut story of the Nestian Consciousness and the Autons. Oh, yeah. They were totally in their first stages of being a thing. <laughs> yes, they were. You could see how far plastics have come since the <laughs> 1970s. Yes. <laughs> um, obviously, there's a new title sequence. It's the first color sequence. Uh, yeah. It's designed by Bernard Lodge, who also designed the 1967 Trouton sequence. Oh. It's also the first to include an, incum- an accompanying closing title sequence rather than showing the credits just over a black background. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and apparently I have trouble saying an accompanying. Oh. Who knew? Right. Who knew? Uh, due to a technician strike at the BBC Television Centre, this story was entirely shot on film and on location. Huh. Uh, yeah. Other than the 1996 TV movie, it is the only Doctor Who story to be shot completely on film. The 2005 revival, I guess it's better a revival than a reboot, but yep. is shot on videotape, which is then digitally remastered to look like film. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. Huh. Now, I don't know if that's going to change in the Chibnall era, because I know they've talked about using some different types of cameras. Yeah, they have. So your mileage may vary. We will see. Yeah. Interestingly enough, though, this serial is the first time it's established that the Doctor has two arts. That, to me, is very interesting isn't that crazy it took them seven years to go hey and three you know what he needs or two he needs an extra heart yeah i mean i guess yeah (laughs) see making stuff up as they go along i swear yeah um (laughs) in the best possible way but this is also the first time the end credits list him as doctor who all spelled out previously it had been dr the abbreviation doctor who um, and this ran until the end of the Tom Baker era uh, using the doctor from Peter Davison onward. Although I think uh, it was different for Chris Eccleston series. And then it went Was back. it? What was it different? I think so. For him. Um, I, I think it was Doctor Who. Really? I'm, I'm pretty sure. Huh. We'll find out next Yeah, we, next will, we will definitely find out next time. <laughs> So, Taylor, you have a world-famous synopsis for us before we dive right into this, so uh, take it away. Indeed. Newly exiled on Earth, the Doctor, looking slightly floofier and ruffled, helps Unit get to the bottom of a mystery involving glowy rocks from space, a rather sus plastics factory, and dolls. No! Action figures! Uh, mannequins. Taking over the world. New from Mattel. Yes. Um, and speaking of new, we got color. Yeah, look at that. I mean, meanwhile, in the black and whiteness of uh, oh, wait, no, it's color now. Yes. Yeah. I had to double check um because I was very sure that this was the first color, but I went back and watched the I guess I watched kind of the regeneration scene for our second doctor, which mm-hmm. uh, those those time lords. I know. How dare they? <laughs> 
Um, so uh, we get, let's see, Colors and Twisties. Yes. And I think I, I messaged, when did, when did I message you? And I said, I'm really enjoying this. Oh, I wanted to say it was Saturday at some point. I think I'd finished three parts at that point. Um, two parts at home, one in the airport during my two-hour delay. You and those delays, dude. Hey, I got 100 bucks out of this one. Oh, nice. Yeah, very nice. Uh, and then I finished the story out today. I uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it overall. Mm-hmm. I thought it was... Um, and there's a lot of... Uh, I have this note later on that you cannot see, and I apologize. Uh, let me find it. There's a lot of great transitions throughout this. And mm-hmm. I mean, like, when we're talking to someone, or we're t- talking about wanting to talk to someone, and it cuts to already talking to that person. Yes. I yes, thought it was... I absolutely where agree. Where they ask the question, where, well, we need to get... I, I don't I can't remember an actual um example but it was I think they were talking to the general or they wanted to talk to the general and then we were in mid conversation with the general yes no exactly yes yes answering the question that we mm-hmm. had just asked each other I thought that mm-hmm. was really cool and no the, that was very good yeah the camera work in this was great there's a lot of cool shots I feel in the first episode there is a tracking shot with the brig uh Monroe and Shaw Mm-hmm. where they are going down the hallway, and I think they are going to see the doctor. And it's yes. just a very long tracking shot. I think that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. Where, where they're walking, the cameras. yeah, it's tracking. Yeah. That was very cool. There was another scene later where the brig answers the phone. I think it was in part three or four. That was just a very cool, like, sweeping. There's a lot of cool cool stuff. They were doing a lot of cool things. They they totally were. In fact, in 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 the first episode, when the um, when the press uh, come to the hospital, you know that that, yes. that one kind of shady uh, uh, porter is kind of like, oh, there's something weird happening down here. I better come check it out. Yes, and the um um God, that was kind of like Australian bogan there. Sorry about that. That's fine. Um, and and the press shows up, but then when the brig shows up we we like get the camera angle from the press yes and it's all kind of rushed and and jumbled about and kind of pushed up and you know it's not you know clean cut yeah, stage it's, it's camera work it's 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 in there and you're supposed to feel in the mix and i love that yeah it. it's very cool it's very good stuff so oh boy let's see let's see there was one thing i think there was a transition from the clay looking tardis that lands <laughs> Yes. To the real TARDIS where uh, John Pertwee falls out of it. But um, my first note besides color is this radar dude is real sweaty. Well, yeah, I I don't know. I That was like the drama radar. It's like there's a heat wave in England. I'm like, I didn't this happen. Yeah, I have no idea. And then there were just uh, giant eggs falling from the sky. Eggs from space. Much, much like pigs from space. Exactly. Was it pigs? Yeah, it was pigs. Yeah. It was pigs in space, though. Ah, yes. I know I love the show. Good. We all should. <laughs> um, This is our introduction to Liz Shaw as well. Uh, fantastic. I thought how she just didn't buy into anything uh, yeah. about the doctor or anything like almost kind of like almost like a scully at first. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Very like, I don't believe in any of this stuff. Well, and it's funny because this this whole initial interaction between the Brig and Liz, it's like watching the alternate birth of Torchwood. 
<laughs> yes. You Definitely. know, here's this like I'm a, I'm a, I'm I'm the woman about town. I'm into science and this and that. And then Briggs like aliens. Yes, I love aliens. And she's like, wait, what? No, it's like no, really aliens. Seriously, aliens. Yeah, this is not the Briggs joking face. No, it is not. <laughs> he does not have a joking face. Uh, we bring the doctor to unit. Mm-hmm. He is just. This is where we find out about the two hearts as well. And those silly pranksters in radiology. Yes, mean, right. right? Uh, <laughs> I think my favorite part was, I mean, we, he turned out to be Mullins, but I, yes. I just had him as vacuum guy, <laughs> who was just standing and vacuuming in the way of the doc of Doctor Henderson, I believe is his name. Mm-hmm. I just found that very hilarious for some reason. I don't know why. No, it's it is. It's one of those things where, because this person is clearly staged in this place specifically to be in someone's way. Yes, that's how that's set up. That's what makes that funny. And um, I think it's. Uh, I actually he thinks that radiology is messing with him, but then he yeah. gets a phone call. He takes a phone call in in the hallway with Mullins. Yes, mm-hmm. and this is where we find out that the blood that he's drawn is not human blood. Oh, right, yes. And he says, what are you talking about? I drew it from this man. And they're like, well, it's not human blood. And I did enjoy this, that uh, Dr. Henderson says, well, whatever he is, I'm going to look after him. And yes, I was like, well, it's that Hippocratic oath coming Yeah, after I was like, oh, that's cool. I liked that, that because, you know, somebody would probably be like, I don't know, he's your problem now, bye. <laughs> well, that is the modern American uh, medical system. Yes, that's actually their, what, what... their motto or their creed. <laughs> <laughs> something like that it's wrapped around a snake a couple yes. Of times I yes think. um what i'm entertained by is and it, it occurred to me as i was watching this is this is the this is the same era 1969 1970 that birthed monty python's flying circus and oh. i think it's i think it's henderson i'm referencing here and i'm like this guy looks like graham chapman a little bit oh um, it, the, the the color use the camera use, the fact that it's the BBC. I'm looking at a lot of these people and a lot of these um, locations and stuff. And I'm like, I feel like if this went completely over the top bonkers, I'd just be watching an episode of Python. <laughs> yeah, I, I do not. I do not disagree. <laughs> so we find out Mullins, he's a mole or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, something. We run into my. Oh, did he? Wow, I'm totally for I I'm not forget I'm forgetting what happens to this character, but um I believe it's it's Sam, Sam Sam Seely. Sam Seely, who is just like he's just a thief. He's just a thieving farmer it seems like. Well, yeah, let's 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 set him up a little bit because he is in the very beginning of the episode. He's out hunting in the woods when our eggs from space come tumbling to the ground. Or as I uh grew to call them uh he was just trying to get a glowing piece of that aggro crag. Yes. Or as I like to call it sometimes, the light bright meteorite. Oh, oh, that's a good one, too. It at least rhymes. Um, but yeah, he steals one away. Yes. And takes it home. But I love Sam Seeley's character, Sam and his wife. We have seen this type of character in Doctor Who before. And, and I think probably in a lot of British shows, it's this kind of, you know... I don't, I don't know quite what to call him because we don't, I don't, we don't really have an equivalent in America. But he's just this kind of, you know, simple farmer type, and he yeah. has, you know, the, his speech mannerisms and everything. It's, it's um, very distinct. Yes, yes, it is. Um, 
and and he's always he's always looking looking for an angle at one point he's he's sitting down with some unit guys he's going well is there a, a reward yeah he just wants this. a reward <laughs> and he just kind it's of like walks do you have one it. it's yeah. like well no no i'm just asking and of course he has one you know? yeah <laughs> he's always trying to just make a dollar yeah exactly or many dollars wouldn't you just want to make many dollars instead of isn't it licking to make a quick buck wouldn't you want to make like a bunch of bucks i don't know I mean, ideally, yeah. I mean, it depends what you're planning to do and if you're just hitting up the Macca's dollar menu, but... True, then you would just need a quick buck. Except tax, you know. Oh, geez, you'd need more than that. See? It doesn't work in today's society. Nope. Anyway, anywho. So he puts this, uh, the, uh, the the guts rock from Nickelodeon Guts, the aggro (laughs) crag, he puts it in his, his satchel. And goes back to yell at his wife, basically. Pretty uh, much. And I loved the the I have just media versus unit, and I just wrote rubble, 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 because <laughs> that's, that's what it was accurate. at some at some points when when the brig was talking. That is pretty accurate. Yeah. Um, and it also it hits me right around this point that the brig's only ever known the second doctor. Yes. You know, I mean, we. We watched, obviously, we did this out of order. We watched Robot before Spearhead in Space. So, you know, the Briggs already seen the Doctor through one regeneration at that point, And that's this yeah, regeneration. Yes. So it's like, oh, yeah, the Briggs is going to be a little disoriented going, who's this guy? That's not the Doctor. I've never seen this man before in my life. Exactly. And then he just immediately says, Leftbridge Stewart. Good stuff. Good. And then I and then I think turns back over and pulls the sheets over his head. He's like, "Leave me be, Brig. Doctor wants a nap." Yes. Oh, he gets the mirror and he goes, "Oh no." Oh, that's right. Um, it's distinguished, and he just really wants the shoes. Mm-hmm. I love when he gets the shoes. He just grabs them and like pretends to fall back asleep. Yes, yeah, snuggles up with them. His snuggle shoes. Yeah. It's good stuff. And uh, it's around this point we see the the creepy man in the background just kind of, he's just kind oh, of walking yes. around. And he's like just standing in the phone booth at random at one point, just kind of staring off. Yeah, it's just, oh, he, yeah, he's just sit, sitting, staring. He, like, he, I don't even think he's made a phone call at this point. No, this he point. hasn't. He's really, he's just kind of staring off. And like the reporters are like, dude, I need to file a story. And he kind of like, oh, I'm in a phone booth. And I, I'm I'm just gonna throw this reference out there, but this guy looks like Bill from Workaholics, and I've not watched enough Workaholics to get that. But he, I will take your word. For he it. is one of the people that they work with in the office, and he looks gotcha. exactly like him. I can't remember his actual name, but I'm I'm pretty sure it's also Bill. But every time I I see him, I was just like, oh my god, it's Bill from Workaholics. <laughs> It's, nice. It's here. I I will send you a picture of him, and it's just like, can I send? Can I send stuff through this? No, I can't. I have no idea. But I I tagged you in the the picture I was talking about with Michael Grade and Moth and RTD. I did see that. Okay. Um. Let me let me see if I can. I'm gonna send you a picture of him really quick. <laughs> because he pardon looks, us, pardon us, folks, while he, we social media at each other. While I we mean, record. you need to see this. Okay. And then you'll be like, okay, yeah, you're right. I'm actually, is your phone near you? My phone is in my right hand. Oh, well, look at that. I'm going to just send you this screenshot Well, don't here. look at that. It's audio. You can't. Anyway, don't mind us, folks. I just need you to, to share this with, with you. I need to share it with you. Maybe a little more hair. This is this is audio verite. And he would best. look exactly like him. 
Like if we were to do an American casting of this, I would cast Okay, him. an American casting of this, sure. Yes, why not? And he sends it that way instead. Oh, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> oh, yes, I can very much see that. All right, cool. I can it's those kind of sunken eyes. Yes. A little bit. Yes, Definitely. I can very much see that. I don't know who that actor is. Yeah, he's only been in that, and that's about That's it. a job for IMDb. <laughs> so Henderson takes a karate chop. Which I would say rates incredibly low on the Duggan scale. Yeah, there is um, was a chop. Was there anything on the Duggan scale here? Uh, no. That, maybe. I mean, that's about it, I think. You know, yeah, in terms of hitting, I mean, we don't, we're not in, like, Venusian Aikido third doctor yet, which would be a bit higher. Oh yeah, he's crushing everything. About as exciting as it gets. Then it's just hands the pop open and and you know shoot brown fart gas. Yes. Oh man, more on that later. Yes. Uh, so uh, basically, the doctor it's kind of been outed from our vacuuming friend to the media that there's a spaceman here and everybody wants to see the spaceman, but uh, these karate chopping dudes they they take the doctor. And they put him in a wheelchair, and the the doctor uh, wheels away. <laughs> yes, and there, there was indeed uh, wacky chase music. There was, yes. It wasn't quite uh, yakety sax, but and yeah, well, it was. It wasn't. It should have been. Oh my goodness, it that totally been. should have been. And the doctor is trying to get back to the TARDIS. Yeah, and because in his shoes was a TARDIS key. Yes. Point that out. Yes, and uh, unit soldiers have been put on the TARDIS, and he's trying to get back to it. And uh, he comes through the brush, and one of the unit soldiers just, you know, fires upon him. And well, the doctor's dead, everyone. That's the show. So (laughs) you can like us on Facebook and follow us on. I, yeah. I love that literally the last line of the episode was, who told you to fire? Yes, which was I thought was great because no one did. Exactly. You incompetent man. Indeed. <laughs> this was one of the first uh, transitions we get. Is he dead, sir? Cut to Henderson with the doctor back in the bed. No. <laughs> yes, right? You want to, you talk about this, this editing and these, these cuts. I'm like, that is quite the jump cut. Yes, I absolutely love that. And uh, we find that the doctor has decided to put himself into a coma because, of course, why not? Because he can do that while being shot at. Apparently, it says that he got, what was it? He got shot, but it was just... It, like, grazed his scalp, I think. Yes. Which I was like, okay, it's interesting. Well, it saves from having to do too much, you know, makeup yeah, work. definitely. <laughs> And then we get the shot of some really, really creepy doll heads. Oh, my goodness. Oh, There's boy. this, I mean, granted, like, you know, the kids, have, well, no, the kids have stuff down. They don't have dolls so much. But just just watching this stuff get assembled and this, I, I, I think their intent was to kind of make this unsettling because the autons are supposed to be unsettling. But they didn't have to some, try very hard. There's almost something strangely violent about, you know putting the doll holding together. this baby head and this machine is like shoving the hair into its scalp oh like, yeah it oh. was uh yeah it was very disturbing <laughs> but i mean uh, yeah the, and you you said they put it in there to be disturbing i really don't think they had to try too hard honestly no and, and then, but that's the funny thing is like i mean 
I've watched plenty of Mystery Science Theater 3000. You you get some of the stock footage of stuff in a in a uh, an assembly factory, and it's kind of by its nature a little disturbing. Yeah, I don't oh, yeah. know why, but it is. Uh, yeah, it's ugh, ugh. just like popping the eyes in and <laughs> like stitching the oh, hair. Oh yeah, on. yeah, and the popping the eyes in. I mean, it's literally this, this like punch machine. Oh yeah, like shoving the eye into the head. And I was like, oh yeah, ugh. and. Yeah, we find that the uh, things don't seem right at the creepy doll factory. No, People no especially because are... it says auto plastics on the outside. Yes. Um, I don't. I mean, I've seen plenty of cars with doll heads attached to them, but I don't want to buy one from the factory that way. No. Now this is Ransom. Ransom is in this. Yes. Yes. He yes. He's the... he's been away on business for a while, and all of a sudden he comes back, and his workshop is out of bounds. Yeah, and he's basically been kicked out. For the most part. Now, I do have a question because we get, like, Secretary Barbie yes. uh, in this scene. kind of. I don't know if she's, like, leading him somewhere or she just happens to be walking in the scene. But did it look to you like she had kind of that plastic Auton mask on? Um, yeah, like a little bit. she literally bit. was Secretary Barbie walking around. I mean, yeah, I could see that for sure. Um, because that, yeah. during that, they've got like this sudden, when they cut from that scene and into the next, you want to talk about camera work here. The very next scene where we're in, um, um, I want to say the guy's name is Channing, um, in his office, the camera starts on a doll that's up on a shelf that's in a very similar dress and it pulls back very fast. Yes. And I think that's supposed to be a clue. Huh, yes. Okay, I can see that for sure. But it's I literally had to watch it twice. I was like, wait, 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 wait. Let me see that one more time. I did not put that together. That is very interesting. But that was one of those things where I was like, ooh, oh, I think this is a 1970s version of a clue. <laughs> to that person that you just saw in this previous scene is plastic. Oh, interesting. Yeah, well, I notice these things sometimes. Good. I'm glad. Thanks. <laughs> that is... That is why we uh, we work well together. Yes, <laughs> uh, we're back with Sam Seely, I believe, and he's like, oh, "I make me some grub woman. I'm I have a rock and thing. Don't don't look at it." <laughs> I have no idea. I feel like that's what he sounded like. It, it's pretty close to. I mean, grumpy crumble. Grumpy couple is grumpy. Yes. Oh my goodness. They just. I, I think someone here. We finally we get to see Liz Shaw doing a science. Yes, we do, and um, this is when the general comes in. He goes, oh, a woman. Oh, yes, right. We get our sexist moment of the episode. Yeah, and I believe the Briggs like, she's not just a pretty face, sir. You, you <laughs> Absolutely jerk. right, and I believe we get a bit of an eye bulge from Liz going, oh, these guys. Yeah, basically. This is when we are... Uh, We've brought the TARDIS in, and the TARDIS is in the in the lab, right? Right. Yes, 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 yes. And, and the... the general's like what the heck is this and so they, it's a spaceship and he's like sure yeah all right because yeah. they were um oh yeah because yeah liz totally starts yanking his chain stuck going on about camouflage yes that's right <laughs> now i don't know about you taylor but um <laughs> i kind of feel like well let's see the doctor gets he gets away again yes which seems to be a theme with this doctor and Tom Baker. They just keep trying to get away. And they do pretty well. Yes, they do. But um, we have, let's see, 
The doctor is in a closet with clothes, and I was very excited. I was like, oh, boy, we're going to get a wacky trying-to-find-clothes scene. Mm-hmm. And what we got was, um, well, <laughs> I mean, a doctor taking a shower. A nudie shower doctor. Yes. It was very, yes. I was like, um, okay. And I, I know. You, you wouldn't think you would see this on television in 1970. Well, and here we are. And here we are. Welcome to the BBC. Um, <laughs> he's just taking a shower, and this magician walks in. <laughs> and honestly, this was probably the least... I mean, if we're talking about a doctor take uh, choosing his clothes, this is probably... This seems like they put no thought into this at all. I Yeah, it, this they've definitely done better you know, costume scenes. Although I, I, I imagine Hartnell never had one. No, definitely not. He's you know, so I, I guess that would have to be, you know, bottom of that scale, but this is like the next one up. Oh, definitely. Um, and now that I think about it, I can't even remember how, um, Troughton got his, I, you know, honestly, I don't either come to think of it. Oh, well, oh, well, so he, he, oh, and we also have to talk about his arm tattoo. Yes, which I was interesting like, oh. story behind this tattoo. Yes, do you know it? Let's hear it. Um, I I know the basics of it. Um, now, obviously, when um, John Pertwee, I believe he was in the service yes. at some point. I believe he was in the armed forces at some point. I don't remember which branch off the top of my head. Um, but got a tattoo as you do. Yeah, as you do. Yes. Um, and and especially. At this point in time, you really tough to conceal them. Yes. Um, and so, obviously, long sleeves is going to do it most of the time. But here we've got this scene. And its I don't think it's ever explicitly stated on the show. But I think somewhere in either a comic or a story, um, it is uh, explained away that that was actually something that the Time Lords gave him as a symbol. Like, you know, you have been exiled. Oh, so that if another Time Lord were to come across him, and I presume roll his sleeves up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess. Uh, it would be, oh, oh, you're an exile Time Lord. I knew it. Oh, you're one of those. <laughs> Something like that. Oh, you were in the Navy. And, oh, wait, no, hang on. That's a pretty uh, clever... Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that was a good good call. Works for me. But you got to admit, I mean, because at this point, we finally, we've also... Um, kind of round about this time also seen the autons and for as creepy as they do look they do have pretty fancy cravats they do and i'm trying to think if this is no is it episode three that i wrote this that i mean now that we're talking about the autons there th- this first um round of autons which i think actually is this episode three they're they're just um running like oh, full speed oh yes no that that is an episode three Oh, okay. Okay. Let's, um, let's but not get Yes, there. I was yes. very surprised. I'm like, oh, oh, they can move quickly. Yeah, they were like booking it. Yeah. And I, I thought to myself, man, if the modern day ones were like this. We'd geez, be in trouble. Yeah, we would be. But also, towards the end, they all kind of move differently. Yeah. So I wonder if we have different kind of autons. I've got a feeling it's probably more an issue of continuity than it is being like, oh, well, this is a Mark One and this is a Mark Two yeah. and this is a, you know. Uh, turbo twin cam. Wait, no, I'm going cars again. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. That's fine. This is speed buggy. Yes. 
This is Turbo Teen. He can actually transform from an Auton into a car. <laughs> now I'm just getting an 80s cartoon. That would be interesting. <laughs> um, so the unit found one of the uh, the glowing bo- soccer balls here. That's right. They totally look like soccer balls, don't they? And they're like, well, we better drive it back to, to headquarters. Ho-hum. And... <laughs> Uh, in this completely closed box. Yes, and uh, oh, that's the other thing. When when the the glowing soccer ball is out in the open, um, it can be tracked by the autons. Yes, and yes, you put it in a really old, dilapidated looking trunk. It apparently shields it completely. Yes, it's totally. I have fine. no idea how that works. Yeah, it's it's just completely fine, and no one can no one can find it. So. Sure. Man, uh, one of the the living plastic, you know, the autons just ho hums into the street, <laughs> and this unit car just crashes. And oh boy, that dude is dead for sure. Yeah, I was like, Ooh. and of course, again, talking camera work here. You know, we we see that you know that first person point of view of like, ah, oh, we're going straight at a tree. And then we we cut back to the windshield and everything, and, and it it's kind of a bloody crash. Yeah, I was like, Dang, it is. There's some realism for you. Yeah, we've got we've got partial nudity. We've got graphic violence. What is this? This isn't is this my Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. <laughs> um. So, man, a watch that finds the TARDIS. How come we don't have that all the time? I know. I want a TARDIS homing watch. Well, I have a quote that says, "Don't just stand there arguing with me." get there get there to it what is that for oh <laughs> where the doctor is trying to where is he trying to get into oh he's trying to get into unit headquarters so he can uh, get the tardis and okay he is yelling he's driving a car that looks like bessie but is not oh right yes 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 and he's yelling at a unit soldier and he's like just don't just stand there arguing with me and the unit soldier has said not a word and <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Where he's like, just yes. get me in there. And he's like, oh, okay. Just lets him <laughs> in. And they ask him what he's a doctor of. And he's a doctor of practically everything, which I think is a quote we could use more. Yes, indeed. I think that's great. And this is where the brig kind of goes, I gather you're going to help us. And he's like, give me that key. And he goes, well, if you help us, I'll give it to you. And I love mm-hmm. there. There almost seems to be a kind of a break in character from the doctor where he's talking and he throw like he throws down the artifact that they're trying to study and he says do i really have to call you miss shaw oh yes i loved that i thought that was yes. a, that was amazing yeah and she has this very kind of like you know genuine like i don't know kind of delighted and flattered reactions like, no 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 call me liz yes that was great i really yeah. enjoyed that like he's mid-conversation he's like do I really have to call you Miss Shaw? I loved that. Yeah, that was very good. That for me, like, was the first moment I was like, "All right, I'm on board with this doctor." Mm-hmm. And um, who breaks into the doll factory? Is it Ransom? It is Ransom. Yeah. Uh, I just have a note that says this dude is breaking into the doll factory, and he he is not going to have a very good time. And then I think he sees one of the living plastic for the first time, and the look on his face is pretty priceless. Oh, it is. And and it's worth noting that um, General, I think it's Scobie, um, is there because they're making um, a, a a replica of him from Madame Tussauds. 
yes. uh, 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 wax museum. Yes. And he's just totally okay with a plastic version of himself. Sure. Yeah, which is uh, very strange, but whatever, I guess. I imagine the nesting would love 3D printing. Oh my goodness, where's that episode? Uh, hopefully in the, in the next series or two. Yeah, that would be great. Right? Wouldn't that be fantastic? I'm trying to look up the general's name here, and I cannot... I swear it's Major Sco- General Scobie, you were correct. Okay, I was right, okay. So we end episode two with Ransom being like, looking at this. He's very scared, and thus ends my uh, digital notes, and we move straight to the paper ones. Ah, all right. (laughs) Sorry, Taylor. That's all right. Uh, Yeah, this is where we see the gun hand for the first time, I believe, yes. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Which I've got to admit, I think is a pretty neat idea. I love it. Whoever came up with that, kudos. I I thoroughly enjoy that. Um... (laughs) So the, yeah, the the this the, these autons move way faster than the modern day ones, mm-hmm. and I have um I have a note that says the sad music when Channing sees I think it's I'm not sure what character it is, and then like the head tilt. There's like a a small sad head tilt. No, I know what you're talking about because this auton has followed oh yes um, <laughs> ransom out, and he's like you know out of this room in a walkway of some kind or something. And it's like, he's going to try oh, and shoot ransom. And that's when they're Ransom's going by with away. the general, right? Yeah, Channel looks up with a stern look and, and yeah, the Autons like, Oh, <laughs> and goes back inside. I loved that. That was amazing. Yes. Oh, shucks. <laughs> it was good. It was so sorry, good. boss. <laughs> and then I, th- we were back at the, um, at the household of our, our favorite Sealy couple. Yes. Drove him right off the road, he did. Oh, too right. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He was all messed up. Um, <laughs> and is this, does, is he, he keeps trying to look at the, look at the glowing, or, or the spearhead, if you will. Yes. Because it's from space. I'm sure that's not it, but whatever. Yeah, he, uh, he keeps trying to look at it, but his, 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 doggone wife keep bothering him <sighs> i was about to say ah wise i'm like Ooh, i probably shouldn't say that no you should not i shouldn't say that i, w- I wouldn't I w- mean it anyway no you wouldn't we were just, i adore mine we were doing a bit everyone exactly it's a bit it's making fun of the ceilings my goodness that's exactly what it is creatures being made in the factory pure terror is going around i have to wonder and I really wish that we had watched this before last Gallifrey one, because I would have liked to ask Stephen Moffat if this, if this, the Autons, right, turning mannequins into villains is where he gets the idea to take completely normal mundane things and make them scary. That would be interesting. I would be so curious. Hmm. I wonder. If anybody knows the answer to that, tweet at us. Yes, please. Please let us know. <clears throat> We get a lot of good um, Liz and Doctor stuff going on. There's here. some really good stuff in episode three here. Yeah, yeah, they um, they're they're starting to work together a little more, uh, but the Doctor still has secret motives at this point. He's like, "Oh, Liz, why don't you get that TARDIS key from the brig for me, mm-hmm. please?" And sneaky that. Liz is sneaky. She is very sneaky, and we find out that um, 
this is around the time Seely finds out there's a reward, and uh, oh, we're calling them the Thunderball. Yes. When did this become a James Bond crossover? That should have. I mean, that would have been a great t- alternate title for this Thunderball instead of what? What was it? What was the title? Facsimile. Facsimile. Oh my goodness. Anyway, so she basically just walks right into the Briggs office, and he's talking to. I believe he's trying to get the story straight from Ransom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's just like, yoink, and takes the key and walks away. Mm-hmm. And she gives the key to the doctor, and he gets in the TARDIS, and Brig walk. he figures out what happens, and he walks in, and he's like, you, uh, you gave him the key, didn't you? She's like, yeah, he said he had a laboratory in there, and the TARDIS uh, tries to take off, and it is, it's not good. Nothing is... It's sounding very bad. I believe we also there's a explosion that we hear. There is a bit of one, yeah. I, I but I, I, for whatever reason, I don't know why, but I love kind of the sputtering TARDIS sound. Oh, I do too. It's you know where the like engines cool. are trying to cycle over and they just they're not firing. And yes, I, I just I, if if anybody out there has just got a clean audio copy of just that sound, I would love that. I, I wanted I don't know make it my ringtone or something, um, but. I'm not sure because we obviously we haven't watched a lot of first and second doctor stuff, but is this the first time we get the sputtering TARDIS sound? I do not know. I neither I, do I, but I it might be. be. Able to tell you, yeah, it, it could be. We will see. Someone let us know that too, please. So, oh boy, we go back to oh, and we find out that the de- dematerialization code has changed, which is why the doctor seemingly cannot take off, but. He also has a bit of amnesia, which we did yes. really go, go and over. He can't just get away with clicking, forgot my password. Nope. No, he cannot because he's forgotten everything. Um, so he wouldn't even remember. Couldn't exactly. Even, wouldn't even know what email address that was tied to. <laughs> Good heavens, that's the worst, isn't it? So Sam's wife, uh, my first note here is, man, she's just going to die because her husband wants some money. He has been captured by unit. At the, I, I, I mean, not captured. He has dumbed his way into Unit's uh, embrace. He's like, yes, oh, I want into their custody. Into their custody, thank you. And he, she's just hanging out with with the Thunderball, and mm-hmm. we start tra- we start tracking the Thunderball. The plastic man comes to her home, and her home is just all torn up. And well, and, and it doesn't doesn't a a dog like starts freaking out and starts barking, but I swear to God, this this dog bark sounds like a guy impersonating a dog barking. I sincerely hope that's what happened. <laughs> Uncredited cast. I'm looking. Um, no, no one voices <laughs> dog the dog. Oh well, that's okay. But yeah, yeah we've got this auton running amok. Yes, very much uh, running amok, and uh, the wife gets a shotgun. And oh right, yes. Yeah, it does not. Uh, not afraid to use it. No, she's not. She shoots a couple of times, and uh, I, I feel like she survives. She does survive this attack. Yes, at first he comes by and and like knocks her to the ground. I was like, oh man, she done been dispatched. And then yeah. you know, a two minutes later, and in a separate scene, they, you know, the doctor and and the brig and everybody come along, and you know, she's like just incapacitated. She's not actually dead. Yeah, and. I think we go back. Oh, we're we're still at the house, and the uh, Auton has found the Thunderball. Mm-hmm. And Unit's like, well, I mean, there's only one thing left to do. We have to shoot this thing, which, as they do. 
And I think it's like, I'm out of here. And this is when we see it, like, kind of book it. Yeah. It's just kind of like, right, like uh, oh, the uh, Channing keeps saying something. I can't remember what it's what he keeps saying. He keeps saying it over and over again. Oh, God, what was he saying? It's not, I don't it's remember. Dis, it's not disengage, is it? It might be. And it, it's like, okay, and it does like a, like, it's running a mile in, in high school. It just does his little Barney Rubble bongo run. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and we get a face off. Well, actually, no, we don't get a face off. We're we're in the. Does Seeley die? He doesn't die, does he? Um, no. But what has happened? Um, in in a little earlier in this episode, is um, the brig Doctor Liz and Ransom have stopped by the tent. Yeah, the where tent. Seely was being kept by random unit dude. Um, and Ransom oh, is told yes. to stay there while the rest of them go off and get into the adventures we just talked about. Yes. Because the Auton now circles his way back around to this tent and goes for very, very total destruction. Total destruction. And I went, all right, what does that mean? And then total destruction happened. And I went, oh, this right? dude just exploded into a cloud. And then he reversed, reversed. the film and... Yeah, he reversed the polarity of the. I don't know. He he just yeah. It was very strange. Uh, but that guy is just he was dust, and now the dust is gone. Yeah, at least it's clean. Very true. I mean, it, give the autons that, I guess. <laughs> and uh, we, you know, Ranson is dead. We and we we figure that out because who would cut their way into the tent? And then it's like to the plastics factory, and we all go to the plastics factory. <laughs> And we're communicating with what, what, Ranson just making trouble. I think I got characters mixed up here. Possibly. I, I Oh I, no no no. I'm sorry. They go to the plastics factory and they go, Now see here, where's Ranson? And they're like, Oh, he said that you guys are making real plastic things here. I don't know. And I be, I believe it's um oh man, it's the other guy who is it's not Channing, it's the guy that Channing is is it Hibbert? Yes. Hibbert, yeah. Hibbert's yes. like, oh, that that Ransom, he's just making trouble for us. That's what that's what he's doing. He's a big old he's a big old troublemaker. I'm not being mind controlled. Um <laughs> And we somehow get how do we get our hands on a Thunderball? Um because the Auton doesn't actually make off with it. That's right. The Seelie's residence. He's very close to and that's when unit starts firing and exactly uh, that is when Channing tells them to tells him to disengage and run as fast as he can right which spoiler is very fast <laughs> disengage turbo mode yeah that was just i don't know why i can't get over how fast they were cuz in the you know in modern who they're just very very slow mhm and 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 in part 4 when they start breaking out of shop windows they're not oh, running yeah you know this is the literally i think the only time we see them run like, why did I use the running technology on this one? <laughs> and I love the scene at the end here where Leftbridge is like, I got to call. I got to call the general. I got to call Scobie here. And he's like, he's like, Scobie, everything's all messed up, man, at this plastic factory. I'm going to need your help. And he goes, I'll give you all the support you can, that I can. And of right, course, as yes. soon as he says that, there's a knock at the door and he opens the door and it's him. <laughs> he, Which is shot really well. Yes, it is. It's shot very well. 
and um, we uh, we open part four with uh, we figure out that the uh, it's some kind of brain that's going on inside of the Thunderball. Yeah, some sort of uh, collective intelligence. Ooh, uh, hmm, interesting. Like a, a Nestle consciousness, or or no, that's that's the chocolates episode yes nesting consciousness that was one of the candy man's not uh that's right yes it was a, reje- a rejected um, the candy man's army of chocolate bunnies the nestle consciousness yes he it was a rejected idea he yeah he was probably like, no this is even too crazy for me <laughs> i love the general's phone call where he left bridge is like hey what's going on he's like everything's fine don't worry about the plastic factory okay bye everything is fine and hangs up everything's fine here everything's fine how are you now we go to what i thought was a wax museum well it it is actually shot in madame tussauds actual wax Museum. oh okay it is actually shot there and i <clears throat> taylor i really needed all these presidents to come come alive and kill i just needed to start murdering people i Pretty don't much. i don't know why but i was like oh please let this be a thing it wasn't sadly, but man, I really would like that. I've I've got to wonder about a couple of things because you know we 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 get the doctor and Liz sticking around past closing time. Yes. you know one last call for Auton Hall, and um, <laughs> that's that might be the alternate title. Yes, um, and and I, I forget somebody gets scared and says, "Oh, don't worry about it. They're only dummies." Do you think Autons consider that hate speech? I I almost feel like it won't like because this is the. I think the point where he says, well, well, Liz, why would you need to put a watch on a, a plastic figure? Oh, and yes. Also, right. why would reasoning you reasoning this to, out. Yeah. Why would you need to wind it to the correct time? And I feel like he was trying to bait the thing into moving a little mm-hmm. bit. Did not happen. But yeah, I, I think, um, well, I don't know. Are they deactivated at this point? Uh, they might just be kind of sleeper agent-y. At this point, because there there does come a point, and they literally all start moving. But actually, aren't those the real people in there? Uh, because do, doesn't the um, the generals? Wait, uh, yes, yeah, he gets hit with the timey wimey machine. You're right, which turns out to be an ETC machine, and I just called it the sure. timey wimey one because I didn't know what to to call it before. Yeah, and does they, it go ding? It does go ding when there's stuff, cool. and it also cool. melts people's faces. Um, <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, when they melt his face, they, it it cuts back to the uh, the wax museum, and he kind of like goes oh and wakes up. You're absolutely right. You're abs- they've got this kind of Zygon thing where like the duplicate has to be yes. alive for the that kind of connection thing going on. Yes, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what do I have here? Oh, um, we have to move now, and then it cuts. Uh, if they move i'll be ready i liked that too it's just another transition just Mm -hmm. they did very good job with this i've thoroughly enjoyed it um i have a note that just says this thing is gross and i think it's Ah, when we see the uh no i know which thing you're talking about because it's the same thing for which i have the note dude what is this plastic butthole doing yes what was that about that was gross i didn't like that at all yeah i i don't know if this was the vacuum form thing for the nesting consciousness trying to take form of the fact that it kind of like suckered itself to the window and kind of yeah it almost looked like is, a, i'm like like a close-up on those uh those feeder fish yeah exactly right gross i don't want to see that 
Mm-mm. Don't be gross, Doctor Who. <laughs> and, and it was, and it's going to get even slightly more hentai in just a minute. <laughs> well, I basically have the same note. Um, <laughs> so yes. we get the department autons, which is, uh, you know, we kind of, oh, well, I mean, huh, very funny that we're going to be getting those again and next, mm-hmm. next time. I know that we did not plan it that way, but I like to call it when fashion comes for death yes there's chaos is happening in the streets i did enjoy Mm -hmm. like these running shots of people running and then that one dude who gets shot in the back and does like a tumble oh yeah i thought that was great i was like Mm -hmm. that guy made his money that day for sure (laughs) that's for sure yeah and the dude tumbles off the bike yes oh goodness good stuff we get the um we get a little hibbert channing uh conversation and then we get my my favorite is uh, Hibbert using the worst weapon of all time to di- to try to destroy that machine, and he has no arm strength at all. Oh, <laughs> where he's like there, like trying to hit it and break it, mm-hmm. and he's doing a very poor job. And then also he's doing a very poor job of living because total destruction. Indeed, poor poor Hibbert. Total destruction has happened to him. He is exploded into dust and then imploded into nothing (laughs) and let's see i have a note here that says channing turns it up to 11 he probably does oh Oh, yes he he starts tweaking all the dials yes and this is when the doctor is like i have you now and he's like well have you ever seen have you ever heard of hentai (laughs) have you ever heard senpai notice me (laughs) yes and uh this it just i just i think what is my note um what (laughs) I said, this is the strangest anime I've ever seen. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, yeah, strangely, mine is simply tentacles, sudden hentai. Yes, and the uh, the top of this machine explodes. And... Which, oddly enough, my note is just the butthole exploded. <laughs> yes, and uh, the doctor is attacked by a nestine. Yes. Which apparently is just green a green octopus or something. I don't know, man. It's pretty pretty crazy it's 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 getting up kind of kind of toward bonkers levels at this point oh yeah and this is like almost towards the end too i know i know (laughs) and honestly i can't even remember how we destroyed the nestine how does that happen did we use Um, that uh that weird timey-wimey machine on them gosh i don't goodness and i just watched this today how do we destroy it let's see uh the uh she repairs it oh yeah loose connection on the et the etc machine she fixes it and uh (laughs) it shuts down the machine and with you know with the loss of that the autons have no more power and all of our autons turn to plastic goo Mm -hmm. and uh you know that's pretty much wraps up that storyline we got the doctor will we see them again and the doctor says i don't know and they're like hey are you gonna hang around he's got i got some terms yes and his terms are, they're like, what money do you want? He's like, I don't need money. He's He basically, he just wants a car. He wants a, what else? A car that, he wants that actual car. And right. We, I, as a gearhead, I'm like, okay, I, I dig this doctor because he's like, I really took a, a shining to that car. I yes. want that car. I just want a car. And the Briggs like, we have to return that to the owner. And the doctor says, do we? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> Like what? What are you talking about? <laughs> so he wants the car. He wants a l- laboratory, mm-hmm. 
and he he wants equipment and he wants uh the services of uh of Liz, Liz Shaw. He wants to hang out with Liz a little more. Yeah. And he's like, "All right, I can I can make all that happen." And then he goes he goes, "I'll prepare the paperwork, but I don't, you know, I don't know your name." And the doctor says, "Smith, Dr. John Smith." Yep. That's how we end the serial with um the doctor telling us his name is John Smith. Now, is that the first time we find out his name is John Smith? I don't think so. Um, I didn't see that noted in the notes. Right. On a TARDIS wiki, a prop TARDIS wiki. Um, obviously, having just watched Unearthly Child, you know, where we got the John Smith. Yes. Uh, thing, but is this the first time that he uses it as his alias? I don't think it's the very first time. Yeah, I don't think so either. Huh. Wheels in Space? Uh, nope, he says it in Wheels in Space. Okay. Which is a second Doctor. I'm sure he says it before then, too. But um, overall, I found this very enjoyable. I, I thought, did, too. Um, yeah, I mean, I remember seeing this on PBS when I was younger. And it was, you know, I was like, oh, hey, mannequins. Mannequins that come to life. Oh, hey, I remember that movie. Mannequin. Oh, yeah, uh, mannequin. <laughs> I remember that, too. Do you? Yeah, I do. That's a classic. There was another, wasn't there a television show? There, yes. Oh, my God. God, wow, yeah, there was. Yes, what was that about? Couldn't the mannequin um, fly? It was... Goodness, what was that show called? Was it called Mannequin? Uh, t- no, it was called Today's Special. Oh my god. And I believe I used to see it on PBS. Yep, that sounds about right. <clears throat> and once the store shut down, yeah, somebody yeah. was like working the night shift and a mannequin would come to life. Holy crap, dude, we need to we need to have you on if memory serves sometimes. <laughs> well, sometimes I just talk over you guys with my own thoughts. Well, I, I'm sure most people do. Even I do that listening to podcasts. Today's special, and then the hat make him real? Yes, that's, yes. Oh, my God, it's Cappy. It's Super Mario World before even Super Mario. Oh, Sorry, Super Mario Odyssey before even Super Mario Odyssey was a thing. That's great. Holy crap. And I do remember um, this. I don't remember the rat so much as I remember. It's probably a mouse. I apologize. As <laughs> yes, much as all I those remember, rats out there angrily tweeting you. As much as I remember the, uh, he looks like a security guard. I'm not really sure what's going on here. Anyway, mm-hmm. we've gotten way off topic. And I do remember today's special, and that's great. It's no under the umbrella tree, but. Whatever, um, I, I can top you on that. It's 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 no small wonder, but okay. Ooh, small wonder. Anyway, oh goodness, <laughs> this is this isn't if memory serves. What's happening? But you guys should take all, over. You guys should all uh, should all watch that or listen to that. Small wonder, the darkest episode of an eighty sitcom ever. Okay, let's. Um, so next time. Next time, John's going to dive down a deep hole of 80s nostalgia. <laughs> and oh, then boy. we're going to watch... We're going to watch Rose, starring Christopher Eccleston as the Doctor. Billy Piper as Rose. It was written by Russell the Davies. That is actually what the T stands for. And That's it was right. directed by Keith Boke. Keith Boke, huh? Keith Boke. What a name. I know. Um, so uh, let's let's wrap this up, because goodness... Uh, yeah, we're, we're we're getting a little Kindle level over here. Yes, yeah, so, oh yes, we are. So you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at the Podcastica. You can follow me on Twitter at JP Thrice, and you can follow Taylor on Twitter at Apex Buddha. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Just search Podcastica, rate and review us as well, and also subscribe to us on SoundCloud, SoundCloud.com/slash the NOTLG. Head on over to NOTLG.spreadshirt.com. Buy one of our Podcastica shirts. 
we would greatly appreciate that. Or buy the uh, Future of Time and Space female, which is also a great shirt. Heck yeah. Uh, Patreon.com slash N-O-T-L-G. Uh, shout out to everyone that donates to us and keeps this a uh, running. Let's see. You can just, you know, you can go over to uh, the mothership, N-O-T-L-G.com. If you like comic books, check out Girls Interrupting. If you like comic books that are also on television, check out Bam Pow TV. We've, men- we've mentioned uh, If Memory Serves. If mm-hmm. you, for some reason, uh, enjoy wrestling uh, and you're listening to a Doctor Who podcast and you haven't tweeted me, what is wrong with you? But also, uh, check out Tornado Tag Radio. So there's some shows. we got a whole bunch over there. You can check it out at The Mothership. Uh, shout out to the Y-Axes. They do our music. You can find them on Spotify and elsewhere throughout the internet. So join us again next time when we uh, watch the first episode of the reboot. What did they call it? The Revival. I like the revival better. I think the revival is a better name. So join us then, and we will talk to you then. See ya. See ya. I think it's around this point. Uh, hold on a second. No, we're not. We're not going to sneeze. Oh, good Bless lord. You. Ah, thank you. I will. I'll mark that down. Mark wow. time. Man, that was painful.